You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Hello Sport Podcast. I'm on qualified opinion and unwavering bias. Back again. I don't know what the date is today, but we're, this is the day we're doing it. Uh, it's a Monday again, nice and early, fresh as a daisy. I think it might be the 18th. 18th of, uh, of, of January. Yeah. 2021. Yep. There you go. Official calendar of the podcast, Eddie Simpson, welcome. Happy to play my role. Yep. Happy to play my role, Tom. Always thought of myself as, you know. Bit of a calendar man. Bit of a calendar man. You know, strong calendar roots. Yeah, you do. Always had a calendar in the in the home. There'd definitely up. be like a, a, a someone that comes from a long line of calendar makers. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Well, know. how'd you make all your money, bro? Oh, calendars. Calendars. I mean, the calendar game. Yeah. Well and truly, we're thinking actually of potentially making a calendar. At least I think I said this to you, but uh, maybe I said coffee table book. But of all of our interactions with Kelly Slater via DMs, where he's either left us on red. Or responded, yes, I'm coming on, and then left us on red for another like sort of few weeks. Well, so- we could do our interactions for each month in which they corresponded. Yeah, such as being the the wealth or the 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 depth of of conversational yeah. history that we've had, with but this, also this man. The, the the length of cocktails. Oh yeah. If, oh, it's if huge. it's not coming on twelve months, then I'm not here. No, it's definitely it's over twelve months. But also, what's funny is that Curtly Beal now official friend of the show, teased our cocks way longer than Kelly Slater did. Yeah, he did. He teased our cocks for a good 24, 25 months. Yeah. Look, again, I'm in the calendar game, and I think that's about right. Yeah. So, just look, I didn't mean to bring up Kelly Slater, but are we back in touch? Yeah. Has he got back to us? I did think this, because we are asking him for, like, charities and shit to donate. We obviously raised butter menthol cash, got butter menthols for free. Now we got a thousand bucks to give a charity to Kel. This is how you grease the wheels of the high and mighty P's and D's. You just got to remember that. He just kind of said a homeless guy. And I went back and looked and I'm like, is he just fucking with us? Like, I know a homeless guy that could do with a thousand bucks. Like, do you remember that? No, I don't. But I sort of do now. Is he, he like? There is every chance he's fucking with us, just like we fucked with him. <laughs> he's just turned it back on us. I just want to see if I can find that. Wouldn't surprise me one iota. The correspondence, because I've just been, you know, where is it? Which charity you want us to send that one k to? Kel? Question mark. I'll figure out. Maybe this homeless guy in Helawia. I keep seeing. That's fucking with us, surely. What? Maybe Haliva. Maybe he does see a homeless guy in Haliev all the time. But he's just going to give him a grand? Maybe. I mean, that's... Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a thousand US. No, that's true. Well, maybe it'll have to be because we've been telling him it's a grand. But I'm just going to give a, a homeless guy a thousand bucks? Like, sweet, that's cool. I'm down for that. But that's not a charity. That's a homeless guy on the street. <laughs> Ke- boy, Kelly's calling the shots. He can call the shots. All I'm saying is... Kelly's is calling the shot. Is he fucking with us? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Come on. Probably. Probably. Like, he's like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he's yeah. never hear from him. Yes. Like, he's, of course he's fucking with us. Or yeah. he just doesn't, like, of course he doesn't care. There's a million options. I guess even, uh, he, look. The if, thing is, he keeps replying. And that's, that's, if he is just fucking with us and still replying, that's one of the great trolls all time. Oh, my respect for him has gone up. Yeah. As if 100%. it wasn't high enough already. Yeah, it's he's like, if he's, he was the best surfer all time, he's actually the best troll all time. Um, Look, it remains to be saying, we're still it's all touch. up in the air. We're still talking with the great it's all up in the all air. time. We're still sort of saying, you know, there's stocks, bonds, back and forth. Stock, Yeah, sure, stocks and bonds. I meant- I meant Bulls and bears. 
Bulls- I meant yeah. <laughs> Where are you I, going? Meant, I meant non-financial uh, rhetoric, but I got stuck in sort of. I just default to financial rhetoric because that's obviously where my mind. You know, yeah. Ooh, like you I'm, play- a, I'm a finance guy. Well, there you play the markets all day, all day. Um, Eddie, look before we get stuck into the sport in general, uh, in a broader sense, I've got a I've got a kind of a request for the P's and D's on behalf of you and I, the podcast, and also the Thick Ropes County Eleven, but mainly just you and I selfishly. Um, I want us with the power of the punter and the dribbler, punter power, to try and get sponsored by Kookaburra so that we can basically just say that we're sponsored by Kookaburra mm. for no other reason than to just be able to say that we're sponsored by Kookaburra and I think it'd be funny as fuck if we were to get them a la KO giving us free KO if they were to bow to the will of the punter and the dribbler. Now... <laughs> many have many, many have, have bowed. Many have bowed. A la JBL. Where have they gone? I haven't even seen them in stores anymore. No, no, no. They, well, they collapsed. They collapsed. Under, and, the, under the will. Well, they basically the said they've basically gone, JBL went, we're taking all our products off the market until we can get them right. Yep. We didn't close a business down because we, you know, we support business, but they, they weren't providing a product that was satisfactory to the punter and the dribbler. So they've gone. We're pulling all our products back. Look, we yeah, we don't shut down business. We're pro business. We're, we're pro for business. business. Yes, but we expect, you know, the products that they sell to be of a high quality. To be of a high quality, a quality that can stand up to the rigors of punting and dribbling. Correct. Which, That's pretty simple. Look, can be high octane and it can be low octane. It can, it can be. Mate, it has to stand up to the high octane, the high end. Look. You take your good with your bad. Sometimes it is high octane punting and dribbling, but mostly it's pretty low octane. It's pretty low octane, you know octane I mean? mostly. Just, just laying on the couch for 48 hours, <laughs> covered in chicken grease, trying to listen to podcasts. Like chicken grease and chicken salt. Like it's not, I mean, really. Rick, it couldn't get lower octane unless you were dead. <laughs> so we're not asking for a whole lot. No. What I am saying is that we need to basically, we've already, there have been some, you know, Kookaburra has seen us via social media. They've well, seen look, they've seen us. But we they've need, been keeping an eye on us. They've been keeping an eye on us, but we need to, we need some form of sponsorship from Kookaburra. So we're obviously calling on the punter and the dribbler again. We'll we'll show you, we'll, we'll reveal when the right time is. Now, by all means, just go and DM Kookaburra and let them know. But we'll be getting something up there. Like, Eddie, you, you know, you, you're, you're part of the Thick Ropes. You haven't played yet, no. obviously, because Sunday's your holy day, right? And we, <laughs> we respect that. But Sundays are my holy day. Sundays are holy day for you. It's a, it's one where you get back in touch with yourself <laughs> in like a silent meditation <laughs> on the couch or in bed in a dark room. <laughs> so you look. Some would say that it's pretty depressing, but. Look, there's something to it. You get a lot out of it. I do. <laughs> Spiritual awakening. Yeah. So, you know, you eat you eat the, the traditional food of your people, which is KFC. Or a galo. <laughs> or a galo, depending on the mood, which is usually always bad, but it's just which way it's pushing you. But we need to get sponsored by Kookaburra. Now, whether that's just in the form of a couple of dope bats or whether it's in the form of a full kit i think kookaburra can come to the table because as if you wouldn't want to be associated with a top of the heat podcast and also one of the great cricketing teams in australian history let's the thick ropes county let's open negotiations 
yeah. let's see what's possible. Yeah. I mean, look, we say that we want cash and, you know, full kit bag. They probably say, well, we only want to give you a box. Now, obviously, like all negotiations, you know, they yeah. always start somewhere and they end somewhere else. Yes. They never end where they start. And if they do, you're bad at negotiating. Yes. You've got no leverage. I feel like we've got, like, you know, we could go to Grey Nichols, but we're not losers. Look. We've all we've both got leverage. They're obviously a titan of Australian cricket. We're a titan of Australian sport, and there's and there's to be some meeting in the middle. Yeah, you know, look off the top of my head, do we have a little more leverage than them? Sure, 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 we do. But all I'm saying is, Kookaburra, who we respect and love dear, like Kookaburra is cricket in this country, right? The ball, any bat that you really ever want is Kookaburra. And again, you know, you've got your Grey Nicholas, you've got your New Balance, you've got all these other like Magoo-ass bats and shit, unless they want to sponsor us. Uh, Kookaburra is the iconic Australian bird. It's everything Australia. One of the great birds, the Kookaburra. My favourite bird. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking stake my name on it right now. The Kookaburra, my favourite bird. The Kookaburra, doesn't, he doesn't fuck around the Kookaburra. The Kookaburra looks good. Looks great. Big. Confident. Yeah, uh, can do some damage if it wants. Absolutely beautiful. It'll fuck you up if it wants to. Beautiful, beautiful bird. They're also, they can be friendly. You oh, can, yeah. You can befriend a Kookaburra. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't, I'm saying the Kookaburra doesn't take no shit. Doesn't take no shit. But it's, it can be friendly. It can be friendly. We're hoping it's friendly to us in the sponsorship of the podcast. And it, li it likes to have a, a giggle. You just got to sponsor me and Eddie. You don't even have to. It's not like you need to pay every week like the podcast brought to you by Kookaburra. We just need to be able to go around and say that we are sponsored by Kookaburra individually. Yeah. yeah. That's um, mainly it. There's nothing more to it. So make it happen. Let's make it happen. So well, that's, a, that's a slide into the DMs of Kookaburra. And basically just gently remind them. The same way we've done it time and time again, punters, dribblers. You know the recipe. You know the secret sauce. You know the secret sauce. You've got the 11 herbs and spices, baby. It's just respectful but firm. Yeah. Yeah. Put so your foot down. Put your foot down and let them know. Respectfully. Respectfully. Uh, but shout out to Kookaburra. We look forward to working with you in the very near future. Now, Thick Ropes. We played yesterday. We lost. We should have won, and it burnt even more because there was a guy on the other team who we hated greatly, and he was not very good. But he's also it's, I'll I'll explain. Last year, when we were at our lowest ebb of fifteen straight losses, fame yet to have a win, fame, we came up against this team who I may have even spoken about at one point, but we basically called it the Barbarians Mutiny because we. Started they we got an injury, mate got hit in the face, got his chin split open, had to go to hospital, like fucking an over into the game. Mm. My brother was there on the sideline, so he was like, We're like, can he just come play? And this guy wouldn't let him play. We we're like, Bro, you're gonna make us play a man down. Our mate's just got his fucking head blown off by a ball. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Mm. And he was just super competitive, this little tiny fucking you know, the type, like this little fat fucker who was way too competitive for a Sunday game. But then his Assholishness brought out the competitive nature in all of us, and it was like we almost had a punch on for a seventh, fourth, you know, seventh division game, fucking, <laughs> to fight over like having a player on the field. Anyway, his team turned on him, and then they let my brother play. This was a year ago, and it was called the Barbarians Mutiny. It's a famous day in Thick Ropes history, and they'll tell it for generations. The story. This little squat fat fuck who looked like a blue cone. <laughs> 
was in the team that we played yesterday, different team. So well, he'd been binned. Well, I don't know if he'd been binned, and now he's just like one of those. There are a lot of those sort of roving types who just go and play in fucking teams because they just want a game. But he wasn't even the captain of this team, but he was talking like he was the captain. He was standing, you got to stand at square leg when your team's batting. You need, like, the square leg umpire is of the batting team. And after every fucking ball, he'd come in and give the batter advice on how to, like, play his shots and shit. And we're like, whatever, this guy, like, doesn't, we didn't care, but we're just like, this motherfucker. Then at one point, he was like the sort of guy where at one point, uh, Henry hit a ball straight up in the air and then it just fucking landed in no man's land. Yeah. And he's like, he's going, he's going to the guy who was closest to the thing. He's like, I would have had you standing there. It would have been straight down your throat. Like if, if I was captaining this thing, like I would have had you. Oh my God. And I was just like, this guy is insufferable. Oh my God. And then he's giving these guys bowling tips from the <laughs> behind the stumps. Like, listen, did I get 69? Yeah, I did. Uh, but I was like tonking some guy, right? Who was in like a muscle sing that looked like he was on a really, really rigorous steroid cycle, but not a cricketer. And I was just pumping him, right? And then the guy starts giving him like nuanced bowling coaching that is like, mate, you've just got to try and get it to come up and at his hip cramp him so that he can't re- like can't release his hands or some shit. And I'm like, bro, the guy's doing his best to keep it on the fucking pitch, let alone let alone start cramping you up, cramping me with his style. <laughs> so this guy was just the most annoying cunt in the world, and like. It takes a lot for my old man to like. My old man would see our behaviour if we're like Gene up at a seventh division game because he comes. He's now the official team manager. My dad, and he comes to those, like he would be like, "Guys, what the fuck are you doing at seventh division? Get over it." But then once we'd sort of explained this guy, and then he obviously my old man was just keeping an eye on him. By the end of it, Dad was like, "Oh my god, this cunt is the most." Like Dad was now on board. He couldn't. He was now in the seventh division rivalry that no one should care about. Anyway, we lost, and it just it, we, it fucking it crushed us. We had to, we was two balls to go. We got down to the final two balls, and uh, Barthy was like, when you're only one batsman left, you've got to run twos or hit boundaries. Mm. And we fucking Barthy was killing it, hitting sixes and fours and shit, just whittling down the score. And then he got bowled, and it was just heartbreaking. But this little squat fuck got over us. We drew in the Barbarians Mutiny the first time, so it was like even keel here. This fucker beat us this time. But I guess where I was actually wanted to get to with that is whilst I detested this man, I actually loved him. I don't know if it's like Jesus, right? Where it's like, I actually love you, even though you fucking annoy me. Because I'm like, the world would be such a poorer place for not having people like you in it. And the cricketing world of Last Man Stand, 7th Division 2020, would be so much... Le- like would be so much less rich in dribbler if there wasn't a little if there fat wasn't squat a little running around blue cone giving people your <laughs> bowling advice yelling out and, and crap was, at square dude, leg he was so bad at bowling he got fucking smoked as well like it was just although he did get me out which that also burned oh. me yeah dude he got me out and I was like this was like me and Barthy chasing down the runs for a windy and it was like oh my god this is this is the lowest for me. How did he get you? I got caught. Again, I did hit him over the trams and onto the road. So I was doing damage to him and that felt really good. And then he got me out and all of that work that I had done for myself and for the team, but mainly me because I hated him, was just washed away. And Damn I was left I was left like naked on the middle of the pitch like a fucking loser. Mm. Anyway, exposed. I just want to say shout out to the chubby little blue cone 
because I like you, dude, and you're actually what it's all about. You make me want to play. You make me want to win, but I can't stand you at all. And I don't know how your team does. I honestly don't. 25 minutes after the game was over, he was fucking still talking and giving tips to the captain and other players and shit. And my old man just comes and goes, the cunt hasn't stopped talking to other people about how to play cricket. It was wild scenes. So shout out to him. Shout out to Fellowship of the Swing, Thick Ropes County 11. We'll come back. Kookaburra, please reach out. But I think, Eddie, we should probably talk to him tomorrow. Yeah, let's do that. The cunt was ridiculous. All right, Eddie, so as we go to air, as we go to press, we're in the middle of a gripping third, fourth test, sorry. Decider. The decider. Look, Um, it's day four. Ahead of us. So we can only give context to the puncher and dribbler around what we've seen. Now, we needed to win the fourth test. We'll get to the third test because we didn't cover it last week. We need to win the fourth test to uh, bring the border... Gavaska trophy. trophy back home to Australia or keep it here in the nation. Yeah. Well, bring it back. Well, India's bring it back because it. it's India's got us right. But they're in Australia at the moment. So we'll just so take we're it like, off them. Yeah, we just take it off them and go fuck off. Yeah. Respectfully. Respectfully. Now, we could have said, you should have said that we would have maybe 150 run lead coming into the second innings. That's probably what you would have said. Yeah. If you'd asked. If you'd asked. But that wasn't to be. No. Washington and... Like Shander, get the names up again. Fakur, two fucking net bowlers. Yeah, two dead set nobodies. Respectfully, they were they're on the plane. They're in the country to bowl in the nets. Mm. That's the long and the short of it. Yeah, they're a net bowler. Net bowler. Like oh, all right, we need some blokes to bowl. Fucking balls in the nets. Yeah, bring these two blokes out who go okay, but are net bowlers. Washington. Didn't even have any fucking batting gear with him. No. Didn't have his own box. Didn't have his pads. Didn't have fucking shoes. Didn't have a bat. I mean, like, that's that's some wild scenes there, having to share a box in the professional realm of cricket. Yeah. Surely they bring spares, don't they? You'd think so. No, 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 no. no. Because of, like, biohazards and and quarantine rules and shit. So what do they do? They have to boil a box? Or does he just go, fuck it, I'm just going to share dick sweat here? No, I think think he swears... I think he shares dick sweat. That's, That's how my we thought. do it. That's how we do it at Thick Ropes. Yeah. If it works for us. Well, it works for them. Yeah. It's time on it. Yeah, it is. It's actually, it's a bonding thing as well, I think. Yeah, like, it's you know. bonding. And look, it's worked. Yeah. Because he got- my, my word, it did. He got 60-odd, which is the highest score ever for a seventh, for a batter batting at seven on debut. Look, bit of a tongue twister, but that's what it was. Cricket provides the opportunity for the most obscure stats known to man and the highest on debut- for a batsman at number seven, yeah, is a wonderful stat that he will probably hold for fucking. Well, he'll hold dearly. He'll, but he might hold it for fucking a hundred years. So their know? partnership of hundred and forty odd Dior put them right back in the fucking thick of it, didn't it? Thirty three runs behind. We're struggling to take wickets. As yeah, a, we are. As a bowling look, are we of, we're uh, best in the world? Fame. Do we look tight? We do look a little tired, but I mean, fuck. I know India, like, they all their players are down, right? This is their third, fourth, fifth, sixth string team, and we can't bowl them out. Mm. It's concerning. It's very concerning. Yeah. The Kookaburra, no offense, but can go to sleep. Kookaburra sits on the electric wire, laughing up and jumping up and down with his pants on fire, laugh, Kookaburra, laugh, right? That's the Kookaburra we know. Yeah. That's a loud, laughing Kookaburra. Brash. Brash. 
Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Kookaburra. Da, da, Plenty da, of devil da, may da. care about it. Just fucking rip and tear. Sometimes I guess maybe it actually gets electrocuted by the electric wire and just dies. Or sometimes it just gives you the fucking flicks you the bird. The bird. And goes, fuck off. I'm not I'm not chirping today. I'm not getting up. Go to sleep. Now, now, you could argue that- It was a Sunday yesterday. Did the Kookaburra have a bad case of the Eddies? It might have. It might have. Look, were me and Kookaburra out late the night before? <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. We might have been. You and you and the bloody Kookaburra out on the Red Bull Saturday let me, night. Let me put it this way. Kookaburra loves a time. <laughs> he loves a time. Kookaburra loves a time. He loves a time. And anyway, so he was Sunday. scat yesterday and refused yeah. to do a thing. <laughs> but, you know, you could argue he's been scat the whole series because he hasn't done a whole lot. No, he hasn't done a shitload, <laughs> the Kookaburra. He's been, he's been doing a lot of his work post 6 p.m. Yeah. every night. Yeah, yeah. When the cricket's over, he gets to work. Out chasing honeys. But the Gabba test, the Gabba deck hasn't really lit the world on fire. Well, they said uh, on day one, I believe, and again, we encourage everyone here to do their own research into this because we have, that it was looking more like a day three Gabba pitch on day one. They were like, weird, not exactly what we expect here at the Gabatoir. It's usually fast as fuck and scary. And bouncy. And bouncy. But it was more day three on day one. So maybe that's got something to do with the uh, the fall of Wicket, the, mm. the lack of enthusiasm from a sleepy kookaburra. Mm. Um, what's also worth mentioning, Eddie, is our good friend Labra of an Alpha Magoo fame getting a ton for the nation in the first innings. That was nice to see. Again, I think he's now, and Dior, we will get you to Dior this one. I think he's now top three. He's now number three batsman in the world. Coley's dropped to four. So it's Williamson, Smudge, Labra, Coley. That sounds about right. That sounds about right, and it's pretty cool. Labra scores runs. He fucking lives for it, man. Lives for runs. Thank God we found him. Right? Yeah, you're right there. And something I think I read last night as well is that he now has the second highest average of all time behind the Don. So he's ahead of Smudge average. Yeah, yeah. Well, get up his average. Um, yeah. What, yeah. 65 or something? Well, Smudge is around 62. 61. High 61s. Dior. Maybe low 62s. Dior. We'll get Smudge and, and Labras up, please, Dior. While you do that, yeah. it provides me an opportunity to bring up something that has been concerning me. Mm -hmm. Openers. Ah. You mean the, of things we don't have in this country, fame? Now, I don't think it would be too much to ask, given that Hayden and Langer retired fucking 30 years ago, that we could find an opening partnership that consistently get us none to 100 just yeah. to make the nation feel right. Yeah. Make it feel comfortable. Did you see that list of the Australian yeah. opening? Yeah. Yeah. It was like reading Pardon. a fucking essay. Yeah. Let me try and find that. It was like 25 different fucking uh, opening partnerships since 2016, I think. So, yeah. Manus, uh, right now averaging 62 on the dot. Steve Smith, 61.85. The Don, obviously, number one. Manus is two. Smith is four. Do you guys know who number three is? For best batsman in the world? Uh, for highest averages. Oh, Adam Voges. Yeah. So we got a top that. four yeah. all time. Yeah. Where the fucking... F and and the, little, the little nation that could. Is there a statue of Adam Voges somewhere? Should be. There fucking should be. So it's Don, Manus, Smudge, 
Voges. No, no, no. Voges then smudge. Holy by, shit. By 0.02. Voges of what? Eight test fame? No, dude. You got to play um, over 20. 20 he play, and he played 20 oh, matches. Dude. Yeah. You he got a couple of huge ones. So his high score is 269, not out. He also got a 180 and a couple of those. Are not amazing. out. That's yeah. some Voges. Again, as I said, he should be in bronze. He should be bronze somewhere. Definitely. But uh, so this is since 2016, our opening partnerships. Warner Burns, Warner Marsh of Sean fame. Warner Burns, Kawaja Renshaw, Warner Renshaw, Warner Kawaja, Warner Renshaw, Warner Marsh of Marsh fame. Uh, Warner Renshaw, Warner Bancroft, Burns Renshaw, Finch Kawaja, Finch Marsh, Finch Harris, Kawaja Harris, Finch Harris, Kawaja Harris, Burns Harris, Warner Bancroft, Warner Harris, Warner Burns, Burns Wade, Warner Pekovsky, Warner Harris. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Since 2016. That was four years ago. Mate, we think about it this way, Eddie. We've got a proud Australian history of opening batsmen. Mm. Imagine if just all of a sudden we forgot how to produce Vegemite, if it's still produced here, I don't know, with the whole craft thing, but assume that it is. Imagine if we just forgot how to produce Vegemite. Imagine if the kookaburra forgot how to laugh. Would we just accept that as a nation? No, we'd we be wouldn't. going. We'd be up in arms, going, "Get it together!" If the if the head of Vegemite, CEO of Vegemite, yeah, and you know, I presume it's still in the Vegemite family. I think it is. I think it's actually a koala in very Australian, you know, in a very Australian story. If they got up there and said, "Listen, we've actually lost the recipe for Vegemite." We'd go, that's not good enough. No, that's not good enough. Get in there and reverse engineer it. I've got a jar at home. Go and fix it. Go and fix it. And don't stop until you do. Yeah. Don't rest. Don't rest. But also, don't come to me and say it's going to take 10 years because I'm not going to swallow that either. No, I'm not. You've got I'm not going to have 20 different recipes in four years. You've got you months, if not weeks, yeah. to get this thing right. Otherwise, it's straight to the hay. What happened, what, what happened when they changed the shapes recipe? We bloody. There were protests in the streets, yeah, mate. Yeah, people had... lost their collective fucking minds, right? People were locked up. People were sent to prison, and that was reversed. What happened when Vegemite tried to release the Ice Snack 2.0? Everyone went, "You get that off our shelves right now, or we're going to fucking wipe out your entire lineage." Yeah, respectfully. Look, I don't know why we're not applying the same passion, the same sort of uh, ruthlessness, Tom, yes, to the Australian opening situation. Doesn't make sense to me. I it mean, JL's in the setup now. He's coach. He's been there. He knows it. He is one of the greats. Th- that's what I'm he saying. He is Vegemite. Surely he can recognize how the. Like, if he can't fix it, then we're all fucked. Yeah. I just refuse to accept it's taken this long. No. Now, listen. Because it's not he- like we haven't produced batsmen in that time. No. Yeah, sure. They've been few and far between. Yeah, sure. Smith fucking wins his test almost exclusively. Yeah, before that, it was pretty much Clark doing it and then Hussey as well. Yeah, we've been a bit thin on the ground. Sure. But that's not good enough. We're, we're Australians, Eddie. You know what? You might be running a bit low on ingredient A, but you got a lot of ingredient B. But in the production of Vegemite, you find the ingredients and you make it fucking work. Are you telling me there hasn't been like a yeast shortage at some point that Vegemites have to over- Had to overcome? Yeah. yeah, there is. You know what, though? You get out there and you find the fucking yeast. <laughs> you go and find the yeast, mate. It's not an excuse that it's a shortage. I go find more yeast I trees. I don't give a shit. Plant more yeast Plant trees. more yeast. <laughs> Rear more yeast. I don't know how you do it. Cultivate the yeast. I mean, Jesus Christ. We've got fucking an Ashes series at the end of next summer. Yeah, that everyone seems to have fucking forgotten about. This was supposed to be a touch-up, a tune-up. Get the boys ready. Get us humming. But more than that, get the pitchers ready. Get exactly. the kookaburra singing. Nothing's come together. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> fucked up. To be honest, if I'm calling this as I see it, 
which is the only way I know how. <laughs> India kind of deserve to win this series. And I don't say that lightly. Obviously, I want us to win. I think we'll win. I think we'll do it comfortably, even though that's not possible now because it's been very uncomfortable to this point. But <laughs> and rain basically and rain insinuates fucking, that it's going to be a draw. It's going to be a draw, and then we won't we won't retain the we won't win it. But we have like not done like I thought we were just going to after the first test. Well, four nil was getting thrown four around. Four nil lot. was getting thrown around a lot by you and I, and in that last test. We found ways to not win that one. Look, when we took thirty six, when we took ten wickets for thirty six runs, I thought, "Fuck, here we are, home and hose." Mm. Then Carly Hobbs on the plane. Then injury after injury after injury. This is essentially like their fourth string side. Yeah, make no mistake. We should have fucking. We had to get five wickets in two sessions in Sydney. Couldn't get the job done. Couldn't get any. Couldn't get any wickets. Couldn't get any. Let alone like five. We, we got Rahane and Pajara. We're like, all right, we're into it now with these losers. And it was like, oh no, we can't get any wickets out. What are we, like we can't get anything. Then we what? go up to the we go up to the Gabba, set three fucking sixty og. Then we look like bowling them out with a hundred fifty run lead. No, no, thirty three run lead on a Gabba pitch that apparently looks like it's day three. I mean, what the fuck's going on there? I'm pretty sure that curator's not there anymore. The guy with the big moustache, pretty sure he's retired. There could be some some issues around that. Dave's currently looking at as we speak about curation of the Gabba pitch. If he has retired and there's some new person here, then it's Hague for you, bro, because mm. this thing sucks. <laughs> this is a crime against humanity. It's pitch. not up to it. It's not up to like, it. Like, when you go to India, all the pitches look like, no offense, goat tracks, because that's what they like. Yeah. They like spinning on the on the goat track. It spins them all. Doctored to within an inch of their life. Inch of its life. If we like, basically, remember last time we were up 1-0 and after the first test, and then the second, second test we went to was like a fucking minefield? Yeah. That's, they love that shit. I also think that we should really, out of respect for the game, out of respect for the art form, be referring to curators as pitch doctors. Yes. Because that's what it is. Yep. You're a doctor of the pitch. Of the pitch. Have you got something? Yeah, so the Gabba curator, um, Kevin Mitchell, yes. who worked there for 33 yes. years, he retired at the end of there. the 2018 Ashes. That's series, what I'm talking about. I think. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. But I mean, the Mitchell man, he he was terrific. Thirty yeah, odd years, yeah. pretty sure his old man was a was a pitch doctor. Well, Tom. of course he was. Like a long line of pitch doctors should be knighted. Really, the motherfucking we didn't lose a test at the Gabba. That's why it was called the Gabba Twelve, the back of the Mitchell name. Yeah, now, he's fucked off. He, look, he's earned his right to. Of fuck course off. he has. But look, should he have blooded someone along the way? Yeah, has look, he not I'll, got a son who's doing it now. If they don't out, have a, out, of, out of respect, I'm not going to hang that on him. No. Out of respect. Well, um, but let's just see. Because if, if he hasn't provided an heir <laughs> and then brought them through, then it is on him. David Sandu- Sandusky. Sandusky. Sandusky is the new one. Where's he from? Um, let's have a look. I mean, like, what's he done? Yeah, you weren't asking, like, a racial question. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm asking, what the, what's he done? Yeah. Where's so he from? Yeah, yeah. What pitches has he worked on? Is he what school of, of do pitch doctor is he out yeah, of? Yeah, but do you reckon like like they what would be cool? I'd love to speak to a pitch doctor because they'd be like, What's the best pitch you ever produced? You'd be like, Oh mate, the nineteen ninety six fucking New yeah. Year's, you know, whatever it is, test. The Gabba did this, did that. I wonder if they've got like pictures on the wall of great pitches. Of course they do. Pictures of pitches. Of course they do. Okay, so there's an interesting yarn here. So um, it says after playing his trade on the wickets of the MCG in Allen Borderfield, Mr. Sandusky is no newcomer, but the Gabba's reputation, blah, 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 is going to be difficult. But so um, he, where is this? He, he, he worked at AB Field at Albion under Kevin Mitchell Sr. 
And then okay. he said he spent a lot of time with Kevin Jr. Okay. Well. So there is still some connection. I am concerned that he came connection. from Melbourne, though, because their pitches have only got better since he left, it seems. Well, and, and they were drop-ins, whereas the Gab is an indigenous pitch. Don't know how closely they two align. But it, it sounds to me like he's done an apprenticeship under Mitchell Senior. Which is... Which I respect. I respect that a lot. <laughs> and he's and he's closely aligned to Mitchell Jr., yes. who we also have a lot of time for. Yeah, a lot of time. So maybe it was a bad year. Maybe he was... Oh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him have one year off. COVID year. I mean, I think there's something else, and if I can just extrapolate these thoughts. Please, the Gabba Dave. test is usually the first of the summer, which means, firstly, our bowlers are raring and ready to go, and also maybe some different weather conditions. Maybe Possibly. Maybe late November... Kind Possibly. Of Look, January. I was talking to Max Downs, friend I of the show. That from Dave. Max Downs, friend of the show, the other day. This is my opinion. Gabba should be first, so we get it back to really early December. I want to get rid of November test. I think it serves nobody. Yeah. We fuck that off. We get Gabba early, early in the reckoning mm-hmm. in December, and then you can either have the Perth or the Adelaide test second, middle December. MCG, end of December. Sydney. Sydney, 1st of December. And then, again, either Perth or Adelaide mid-Jan. That solves the issue. Solves all issues there. Solves the November test issue, which fucking care, eh? Like, let's do it around holiday season, peak holiday season. Fixes our Gabba issue, which may well be an issue with the weather. I can respect that. Mm. And fucking fight it out for who has it in the middle of January. Need five tests though. I think we need we need to. Well, of course, but I just did, yeah. I, no, I'm 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 saying I'm with you. We need the five tests. Dave Sandusky's going to get a, a stay of execution from us, and I believe that means we're not going to kill him. <laughs> I hope that's what it means. That's what we are. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but obviously, and it's a COVID year, so we're going to give him off. Dave's also Dave D or Dave of intern fame, of looking up shit for his fame. He's also provided a very well thought out and reasonable- Balanced. Balanced opinion of maybe it's about the time of year that it's gone on. Bowler's not having the same. They're running out of puff. So Sandusky's getting a stay of execution. But you get one chance. You get one fuck up. This is the big leagues. This is the big leagues. One fuck up and then- Now, unfortunately for Sandusky, the next big test for him- is the Ashes. If you fuck that one up, bro, we got... And they will move that. Problems. They will have the Gabba first because you want to set the tone. You have to. You have to set the tone. Now, Sandusky's got a bit of time, not a heap of time. He's got a bit of time to get this right before December or late November last, next year. This year. This year. The Ashes is this year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That puts it in perspective. Yeah. But all we're saying in a roundabout way, ladies and gentlemen, punters and dribblers, is that... Yeah, we might have a 33-run lead. Yes, David Warner's come out and swinging the willow and looks pretty good at the time of recording. But apparently La Nina's going to rear its ugly head. It's been tough for us to take 20 wickets in the last two tests, if not the last three. Yeah. So I am concerned that this will end a draw. Uh, end as a draw. I'm concerned that the Border G- Gavaska Trophy goes home with India. And I'm concerned about us not winning another home series. Yeah. All very, very reasonable concerns. Now, I'd like us to just jump back a test to the third test. Mm. Because obviously there's not much more insight. No, we've covered it. Insightful as it is that we can can lay on the fourth test. Because at time of recording, fourth day about to commence. Isn't it funny... 
how how just below the surface our whole uh, like our continued disdain for not just I don't know what the thing is, but like we've forgiven Steve Smith right for sandpaper. You're back. You're scoring runs of the country. All is forgiven, but it ain't that forgiven because. All it takes is like just for you to fucking scrape your foot along the ground on the pitch, which is so inconsequential to anything that we just are all like, "Oi, brah, don't forget about the fucking fact you're a cheater. Like it just all rears straight back up. Now, forgive me if I'm not well read enough. How much of the outcry, the uproar was Mm. coming from Australia? See, a lot of what I read was like disgruntled fucking ex-poms who got pounded within an inch of their life when they were playing, mm. fucking barely walking, barely breathing yeah, now. Yeah, of pounded to within an inch of their life fame. Yeah, coming out going, that's fucking cheating. Like, that was my understanding. Like, salty Indians as well fucking pointing the blame. Yeah. Let's call a spade a fucking spade. He was taken centre because he's autistic <laughs> and he can't help himself. Like... How the fuck is that cheating? Yeah, if he's fucking pounding out the foot marks, sure. I'd go, Jesus, Steve, that's a big fucking how you're going. If he's taking big chunks out of the foot marks, that wasn't what he was doing. No. He was marking centre, which the boat would have done a ball later anyway. Exactly. They do it every fucking time they face up. Which I've never really understood. Like, they all mark centre every time they fucking go Everyone, everyone wants centre. Centre's marked. <laughs> yeah, like, centre's marked. Centre's marked. They just need to go out there and draw a fucking white line on the ground. That's centre. There you go. That's centre. Why would we bother fucking... They mark it. You may as well just mark it, right? Like, every batsman's asking for it. Just mark it so there's no fucking drama. <laughs> Do the batsman not trust the dude before him? He's like, oh, he marked That's it. what I mean. They all mark their own centre. I'm like, there's 50 scuff marks here. What are you doing? Marking centre, I've never understood. No. But no. that's all he was doing. Yeah. He was market center. He was helping the bloke out. You could say, you could argue, Dave, and Tom, that he was being a good bloke. He was actually just helping out Pant, going against, you know, the country a little bit, just trying to be a good bloke. Trying, well, trying to, trying to erase yesteryear. Yes, exactly. Trying to erase the cheating Continue scandal. The, the apology. By going, it. listen, I'm actually a great bloke. But it's just funny, I'm going to mark right? center for you. Everything's all good. Yeah, we forgive you, but we actually don't forgive you. And I guess, you know, you do anything that looks even slightly like it's cheating, we are going to rip your asshole apart. And he's like, mate, he doesn't get it. He's like, wait, what did I do wrong? You know, he's like a kid that doesn't realize why his parents are breaking up, thinks it's his fault. He's like, wait, what's going on? What's going on? I didn't know. I was just fucking marking center. I'm a cricketer. I'm a freak. I shadow bat in my room. With my thigh guard on in full whites. <laughs> full regalia. In full Australian regalia. <laughs> what do you fucking think I'm doing? I'm a freak. <laughs> Respectfully. But, like, of course I'm going to just do weird shit. I, I, this is all I do. Mm. I live and breathe this. Yeah. So, and if I walk past and see a centre unmarked, I'm marking it. Yeah, and the th- it's not marked to my liking. <laughs> That's what I mean. Because it was marked to the next well, if it's God, <laughs> if it's not marked to his liking, <laughs> consider it unmarked. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like a cat needing to piss on their territory. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I need to do a bit of it. I could probably mark this centre a little better. Yeah. Now, the other uh, thing to this whole third test schmozzle is the seeming like, again, the short memory that everyone has regarding our fearless leader, Timothy Payne, T-Payne, of hot captain fame, (laughs) where, like, this motherfucker has been, like, an arranged marriage forced upon the nation. He has then won us over. 
has then... It's, he wooed us, Tom. He wooed the hell out of us, Eddie. He's then made it his team, like stamped his foot on the team and gone, this is my team, this is my country, this is how we're going to do it. We go over to India. I think he got us back to number one in test team in the world at one point. We then go over to England, sorry, re- retain the Ashes, famous fucking performance. He looks like an absolute alpha in the test documentary, like couldn't be fucking cooler and more like assured of himself. Mm. Comes back here has one test match where he drops some catches and calls Ashwin a dickhead, which he very well could be, <laughs> and people are going, he's lost his cool, he's fucking... Da-da-da. You're like, mate, it was one fucking test. And then he comes out straight after it and goes, yeah, sorry, like that wasn't the standard I hold myself to. Yeah. It's like, and people are going, he should be dropped, he should lose the captaincy. It's like, and again, this is why I love test cricket because there are so many fat little dribbler cones you know, <laughs> out there who just want to like... You know who are overreacting on everything. Yeah, but it's like, mate, this guy has done everything for this country. What the fuck are we talking about? He sh- shouldn't be dropped. Mm. He called him a dickhead. Yeah, which he might be. Mate, it's outrageous. Like, show some respect first and foremost Correct. for what this bloke's done. He's dragging us out of the fucking abyss. Yeah. After Cape Town, we we're at the all-time low of all-time all lows. time low. You couldn't get lower. No. We were in the toilet, and we were shit, by the way. We were <laughs> we, awful. So we were in the right spot. We, no. were, we were a turd that was in a home, which <laughs> yeah, was a toilet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where we were. No Steve Smith of getting us out of fucking toilet every fame. predicament <laughs> fame, but also now in the toilet fame. Yeah. David Warner averaging 48. Like, we were fucking up against it. And through sheer will and might and alphrism, he dragged us back to number one, retained the ashes, yada, yada, yada. Tom's already said it. Now, he had a bad game. Everyone's going to have a bad game. Even someone of his ilk, and I'm talking the best gloveman in the land, mm. he's going to drop a couple. Yeah. Sometimes we get a little frustrated to the point, might I add, where David Warner's trying to fucking tell Bancroft, well, he told him to take fucking sandpaper onto the ground. Like, you can see there's levels to this shit, yeah. right? <laughs> there's levels to this shit. That's probably at the pointy end. Yeah. That's like, ooh, ooh ouch. Shouldn't okay. do that. Shouldn't have done that. But to, to get a little fired up and call a bloke a D-bag... That's fucking play on. That's play on. Now, stunt mics are on. Kitties don't want to see a guy getting called a dickhead. But, like, kitties need to realise that this isn't fucking under twirls. No. This is the pointy end of cricket. This is where you want to be. You want to be out there in the middle, hot Australian sun, getting called a dickhead by an opposition keeper. Ask yourself this. Ask yourself this. How many times have you been in traffic and someone's just, like, merged at the wrong time or, like, something really innocuous and really not that big of a deal? No. Fucking dickhead. Fuck you, you You'll you, you throw the fucking on the front for a bit of flavour, yeah. right? You've done it a million times. Admit it. You have. I've done it way worse than that. Now, T-Pain's out in the middle. The ball's doing fuck all. He's got to get five. We're all this test that we should be with, winning. We should be winning. And he's got a little bit, a little bit hot under the collar and caught him a dickhead. He didn't even put fucking in there. No. I think that shows incredible restraint, personally. Correct. Imagine if he was in traffic. Well, think about what you've done in traffic. This is... This is a cauldron far hotter, my friend. Far hotter than any traffic I've been in. Far hotter. And he throws a little dickhead because Ashwin is one and, you know, it's play on. It's play on. And but it, it just it's just a reminder of how chirpy some Australians can be. It's, and, and, and just how, like, you know, don't want to undo all the good you've done. I'm like, if you think for a second, journos of the nation and... Facebook commoners of the nation and general cricketing dribblers, fat blue cones of the nation, think that a little chirping of Ashwin and calling him a dickhead, which he might be. By the way, Ashwin has been known to man-cowed in the past. I just looked it up. So, sounds like a dickhead. 
Yeah. Sounds well, like a dickhead. that's the definition. Yeah. Looks like a dickhead, sounds like a dickhead, might be a dickhead. If you think that's going to undo all of the greatness that T-Pain has given to this country and the yarn that he's given to this country, then you don't get cricket. You don't be watching to, on that. He'd have, to, he'd have to kill someone in my mind to get me off his back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hmm. He'd I'm, have to start man-catting. He'd have to start man-catting, which is a real dickhead move if you ask me. <laughs> so I just found that all pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it is ridiculous. And he comes out the next morning and goes, listen, I've, t- I've had time to reflect. I'll get it to be better. And you go, Fine. I respect the hell out of yeah, that. Yeah, love it. I respect the hell out of that. Just own it up. Like, I'm not, yeah, okay, you, you, you know, you, you made a mistake. Fine, play on. But to, people want him replaced, right? I'm like, okay, if you want to replace him, who? who? With whom? Who? I have not heard of a replacement keeper thrown around at all. Well, Carey's the replacement keeper, right? But if you replace the keeper, who's the captain? That's the bigger thing. Is Carey up to it? Is he, well, he's is not he's, as good as Tim. That, Tim's the best clubman in the land. Well, well there you go. Yeah. Well, that's my point. Yes. But if but if you were saying just change the keeper, then who's the captain? Who's who's the captain? Smudge? Does Smudge come back in? We just saw it. Smudge can't even mark sender without getting basically hung, drawn, and quartered. So we can't smudge clearly the nation not ready for him to slide back in. No. Who? Marnus? Marnus is still a, you know He's a boy. He's a boy. He's a boy. Marnus might be third in the rankings, you know. Of, of batsmen in the world, but Marnus is—he doesn't need that pressure. He doesn't need the pressure. It's too early. He's too green. He barely like Marnus is just a Marnus is like a young naive child who's like hanging out with the cool kids for the first time. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. And then what? What do you go to Pat Cummins? No. Do you go to a bowler? No one goes. Everyone. Everyone. No one goes to the bowler. Everyone who you who who has a whose opinion you respect is like no, don't go to a bowler. When it, they and they use Tim Payne as an example, they they're even saying that's why you don't have a wicketkeeper as captain because they're going he can't concentrate on the game, you know that's why he's getting he's getting angry and shit. And I'm like, mate, he fucking had one bad game, but with a bowler, it's like he's got to be in there performing. If he's not doing well, is that affecting his fucking decision making? You know, X Y Z. I'm happy to not give it to Pat Cummins. He's hot as hell. I get that. Like, we'd have the hottest captain in the history of world cricket. And that's not something that you just say no to, right? We obviously keep our options open here. If we want to have the hottest captain in world cricket, that's something we need to consider as a nation. <laughs> but is that going to be good for our cricket? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But point is, point is this. We don't have an option. What are our, what are our options? What are our options? Tim Payne, skipper, at least until the next Ashes. It has to be. He has to be. We're like people are talking about Travis Head. He's not even in the side. Warney, if you want, Warney wants Travis Head skipper yesterday. Not in the side. Future Australian skipper Travis Head. Is he? He's not in the side. Fuck! What future are we talking about? <laughs> what well, future in which he scores a shitload more runs? The only right. option, really, if we're being honest and truthful with ourselves, if you have to replace Tim Payne, is Steve Smith. Yeah. No one else is locked into the side long term except no. Labra, who's no. too green. Yeah. It's Smith, and I don't think anyone else is really comfortable with Smith. I think Smith probably wants it again, and I look, I wouldn't care if he had it again. Well, he obviously wants to right wrongs. Yes. My concern is, and it's the concern of the nations, I echo those sentiments, is he up to it? Is he up to it? Is he a leader of men? Is he a leader of men? Maybe he's become a leader of men because he wasn't one before. Well, he's been put through the ringer. Maybe yeah. he's come out of man. I don't... It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But that's sort of like, the, if you give Marnus the captaincy, Smudge was almost a bit Marnus-y when he was last captain. Like, couldn't tell, couldn't pull bangers and, and, and Warner into line and be like, hey, fuckers, don't do that. If you believe it was only two people that knew about it. But maybe it was more. Uh, but, you know, Marnus, if he saw that now, I think Marnus would be too green, you know, 
Mm. He's a young Christian boy. He he just prays all the time. I think respectfully. Uh, so I just don't think he's up to it. Anyway, we could sit here and break down the political machinations around the cricket, the test captain of this country for hours and hours and hours. And Days. And many people do, like ABC Grandstand, which is a great fucking coverage. I will say that. But they get into the weeds on this shit. We've got enough into the weeds, and I think now we've got to walk back out of the mangroves so we don't sink and drown. But, Eddie, I feel like, to me personally, that's cricket. That's cricket. Eddie, and some news that will shock probably no one. Um, the uh, rugby league world back in the headlines for all the right reasons this time of year. This is the sort of stuff we like to see in rugby league. Generally speaking, though, the rugby league player will get into his work immediately after the season or, you know, in the month leading up. A lot of, lot of um, built-up angst. Angst. And, you know, pre-season's... They're tough. They're they're tough. They're getting frustrated, and you know they have like the Christmas period to their families to sort of try and lay low and be cool. And then as the new year rolls in, it's like, all right, well, footy's not far away. We're going to start ramping up promotion of the game. We saw that Jonathan Patton's fucking allegedly DMing heaps of chicks in the AFL, trying to get a bit of column inches for the AFL, right? But then you know Payne Haas goes, right, oh, bruh, time for us rugby league boys to start putting in the work. <laughs> now Payne. <laughs> has been charged with intimidating police officers. Yes. Now, I don't I don't think it's very hard for Payne to intimidate anyone. No. Just a stare will do. Just a stare, just a general glance in your direction and Payne will intimidate you. So, if I'm putting my rugby league players association hat on like I'm for the player, mm. these cops could have been pussies and like all of us are, Payne's just looked at them they've been like, "Oi, don't intimidate me, bro." I fear that may not be the case though. What are they saying, Dave? What's coming out of police headquarters? Can you please so, get up? There? Yeah. So um, about 10 p.m. Saturday, 16th of January. Okay, officers... so this is just firstly night time. So yeah. that's an intimidating time for anyone, let alone to come across Payne Haas. Mm. Um, the officers from Tweed Byron Police District arrested Payne Haas. Um, according to the Courier-Mail, Haas was with his pregnant partner when he was approached by police um, near the harbour there. Um, and he was apparently intoxicated and bec- allegedly became abusive towards police and was arrested. Why was he... Ap- why, like... Why was he approached? Yeah, why was he approached? Does it say? It doesn't say why... If approached. they arrested every drunk person walking down the street, like, they wouldn't have enough fucking space in the bloody <laughs> no. holding cells. Prisons would be overflowing. This Could- sounds like a man just enjoying a fucking lunatic soup or two. <laughs> And then going for a stroll with the misso. Look, we don't obviously have all the facts and all the figures, but we'll no. go off what Dave said. And it seems like these charges are very like loose charges that you kind of can't prove. Like an officer can just say, "Oh, I felt intimidated." So I'm Payne might have been like, "What the fuck are you arresting me for?" Yeah, that'd intimidate me if Payne was like that. And then he'd be like, "Oh, you're right. Sorry, I don't know. Why I'm arresting you." If Payne's getting arrested because he's had a couple of lunatic soups and he's walking down the promenade. I don't know why I thought he was at a promenade, but wherever he is... I think it was a promenade, Eddie. Sure. He's going for a nice stroll, yeah. an evening stroll. Yeah. Taking in the sights and the sounds. Smells. The smells. Holiday vibes. Yeah. He's been training his dick off. Yeah. yeah, he's just, you know, just debriefing the week and the day with the missus. And sounds like he's enjoying one of the last nights he'll have as a non-father before he's Correct. got a bit And bed speaking early. as a father, that is something you need to enjoy because once you are one and they don't sleep, life is hell. So, you know, pain just out there 
trying to enjoy life before it becomes hell sometimes. And then he's been approached and seemingly arrested. Now, obviously, that's going to send a man of, of pain's ilk yes. into a bit of a state, a bit of a frenzy. I mean, no. you don't tell him what to do. He's an enforcer. Exactly. Don't tell me what to do. The only person I'll listen to is my halfback. Now, if you get Tommy did in, in, you know, in the blue of the, the police of the tweed and they go, move on, thank you, sir. I go, no worries, Tommy. Because mm. Tommy will just tell me where he needs me to go. Yeah. Hit it's, the ball up here. Go yeah. here. It's I, a halfback or the coach. Yeah, Simple as that. That is it. If it's not them, then he's not going to do it. No. So, and why would he? Because he's been reared as an enforcer. That's all. You, you listen to your half and your coach. You go on in your truck nut and you, and you bend the line. Yeah. That's your job. And you don't take no shit. From anyone. Especially. Well, anyone. Well, exactly. Anyone. I was about to say something disparaging to coppers, which I shouldn't. No. Maybe. We're not about that. We're not about that. We love coppers. I was just more thinking like pain might think. We, well, that's what we're trying to do. Put our ourselves in the mind. Wear the other shoe. Yes, exactly. That's what big, we're trying to do. Big shoe. Big shoe. Huge shoe. Huge shoe. We, fit shoe. The, we both fit in the same shoe. We're in the same shoe. We're in the same shoe. Maybe he just saw the cops, saw a blue shirt, thought, oh, Sharks play it. Like, fuck. I'm he not, might have. I'm he might taking, have just defaulted he might have to gone, opposition. He might have gone default rugby league. Mm. Maybe if you put the cops in Broncos colours. Maybe. That might help him. Because he goes, teammate here, just tell me what to do. Whereas if it's in blue, it's like, that's the opposition. Mm. And then I'm going to have to fucking G up. But without any more information, that's basically the long and the short of it. Maybe he has some sort of deal set up with the cops here from a promotional marketing standpoint. Just goes, listen, this is going to get thrown out of court. I'm going to have the defense of I thought you were the opposition and I'm going to be allowed out, right? Mm. So basically just arrest me. Say I was intimidating you. We'll get on the back page. We'll get fucking Peter Bedell up there with, you know his hair quickly deserting him. Was that a mean shot at Peter Bedell? Yes, it was. Should he shave his head? Yes. Is that the point? No. Get Peter Bedell out there and we'll get him to write up something uh, about it. We'll get the column inches for days. Everyone's talking about it. Rugby league back in the headlines. Well done, Payne. Gets thrown out. You get no charges and job done. No harm, no foul. We can all go home to bed. We can all go home to bed. Rugby league, the winner. Possibly. I'm not prepared to rule that out. Is Payne that crafty? Hard to say. I mean, that's a crafty ruse. I think Payne could be that crafty. Payne could be pulling the wool over all our eyes. Mm. I know that he is. He lives and breathes like nut trucking, not exactly a, an intelligent footballer. He just runs hard, smashes motherfuckers, and like, scares well, I think. People. I think probably more likely that the NRL set this up. Mm. Payne's obviously in on it. They've briefed him up. Yeah. You know, there's an extra 50 grand in it for him. Yeah. You know, marketing. Yes, marketing, marketing budget. expenses. The NRL tee it up. Headlines, print papers, sell papers, buns on seats. Yeah. Memberships up. Jersey sales for Jersey pain. sales flying. Yeah. And obviously viewership numbers breaking all records. Yes. I mean, that's that's the long and the short of it. That's the model. That's what's put rugby league back on the map. That's how rugby league won the rugby league, rugby union war. Mm. Let's not forget the rugby league was well back in the late 90s. Even early 2000s when your Takiri Sailors, Rogers of the world went and got paid more to play rugby union. Well back. And they've overcome it through through the power of marketing. Guerrilla marketing. Guerrilla marketing. They'll never admit it. No. It's not in the minutes. No. Certainly not in the minutes. But Tom and I have influence at the board level. And we've read the second set of books. We've we've read the second book. The second minutes. Second minutes, correct. The secret minutes. The we've secret read it. minutes. Yeah, yeah, we fucking read it's it. It's all in there. The seconds. The seconds. Not the minutes. Yeah. 
the seconds or the minutes. It's all in there. It's all in there. Um, but so, listen, we'll obviously wait and see. This thing may have a few more twists and turns, this pain half story, but we'll just wait and see. Mm. It's a wait and see. It's a wait and see. Court date on the 2nd of February. Perfect. So Coming into season. Time. That's a month out from kickoff. I've got to go to the toilet. <laughs> I guess that's rugby league. <laughs> All right, bit of UFC, bit of fight sports. Obviously, coming up this weekend, Conor McGregor takes on Dustin Poirier. Very wet for that fight. Also, if Kiwi Dan Hangman Hooker takes on Michael Chandler, of less excitement, but still excited for that fight. Not too much else to really say around the Conor thing, other than just that we're both wet for it. I assume dripping wet. Yep, dripping wet. Like He's I looking w- pretty good. It wouldn't it just be nice <laughs> as fight fans to get Conor two point and yeah. then go another ride yeah. and like. Just talk all that shit and fucking knock people out. Like, yeah. that'd be fun. That'd be nice. I think we could really do with a bit, like, of Connor 2.0, come back to the glory days, just start murking motherfuckers. It'd be nice. He said he wants to make a run at 155 like he did in featherweight. So he's like, I cleaned out that division. I would like to try and do the same thing now. Just clean him out. Way. Just clean him out. Just go and fucking try and put in some fights. Now, he said he was going to do something similar last year. Didn't do it. COVID, though. It's COVID, exactly right. Sorry, I just got a message from Steph. Evie just put a dead lizard in her mouth, so that's nice. Something to think about. Good protein. Good protein. Louis the cat is killing lizards with reckless abandon around our house because now he's got a bit of garden to play with and Evie's put a dead one in her mouth. So that's good. Good, good, good. Good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, look, if we can get Connor back, he is looking fantastic. He looks if that's great. anything to go by, we like to put a lot of currency in looking good, not personally, but for other people. Well, why wouldn't you? And he's looking fantastic. He's looking unbelievable. He's looking unbelievable. So fingers crossed. We'll see. Uh, now, the main one I want to talk about was yesterday, mm. Sunday, Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater. Testy pop there, I apologize. Uh, so Max Holloway obviously has lost twice in title fights to Aussie Alexander Volkanovsky, who we love. Yeah. Question, you know, contentious losses. Well, the first one he definitely nah, lost. No, the first one he definitely lost. The second, second one, one, a little more contentious. A little more contentious, but, you know, you got to beat the champ to beat the champ. Blah, he blah, blah, believes blah. he won both fights. And a lot of people believe he definitely won the second. Whatever. He was coming back and fighting... He's still the number one contender, Max Holloway. Mm. And he was fighting Calvin Cater, who's sort of like older than him. Max has been fighting in the UFC since he was 20. He's now like 29. Calvin Cater, older. But he's number six in the world, I think, Calvin Cater. But he's been impressive. Max Holloway. And it was like, how's he going to bounce back from losing? Holloway, I'm talking about. And, you know, is he still the man? Like, Mm. is he still got it? He... When I say he beat the fuck out of Calvin Cater, I could not be more effusive in how much he beat the fuck out of Calvin Cater. Like he was hectic. The the commentators basically were saying like this is the best Max Holloway we've ever seen. Like he is I'm just getting up some numbers here. If you want to follow a great Instagram page, it's called Numbers MMA and it just that's all they do. Numbers. Numbers, numbers are great. Numbers MMA. So most he's got the, re- the this is the record for most significant strikes landed in a single round. Mm. Max Holloway uh, Calvin Cater, 141, number two. Max Holloway versus Ortega, 134. Number three, Neil Magny, 114. Number four, Max Holloway, 108. No other people have landed over 100 significant strikes in a round. So Max is three of the top four. Go to the next one. From the start of his fight against, his first fight against Jose Aldo a couple of years ago, yeah. he's accounted for 1% of all the significant strikes landed in the UFC. 
All of them. All of them. He averaged one significant strike landed every 3.4 seconds over 25 rounds of UFC fighting. Wow. He's now landed 2,618 significant strikes in the octagon. No one else in UFC history has landed more than 1,711. So he's 900 ahead of Ahead of the else. next best person. Before this fight, no one in UFC history had landed over 290 significant strikes in a single fight. So no one had ever landed more than that. Max Holloway outlanded Calvin Cater by 312 significant strikes. Like, it just, it was Calvin, fucking ridiculous, dude. How, how did Kelvin go five rounds? Honestly, I don't know. I had money on Max decision fifth round. Would have won a decent little chunk of money there. And it should have been it could have been stopped in the third and the fourth. It could have been stopped in the second. Like he got I think he got three 10 8 rounds, which in like UFC part it's like it doesn't have, it's very rare to ever see 10 8. Like I don't they don't just give them out. No. He got three 10 8 rounds. In the third like Calvin Cater just tough as fuck. Mm. But almost like against it like not good for you tough. Like you your chin's almost too good. Like I don't, you can't see someone getting pumped that badly, and you just hear those numbers for him to like ever come to for him to be the same. Better off to go down the first round and and delay a bit of damage. See another day. See another Fight day. Fight another day. Go try get better and come back. It's like, mate, I don't know how you come back from that. Like it was ridiculous. There's also a video that you've probably seen everywhere, but it was on our Instagram at Hello Sport Podcast. If you're not already following it, you're fucking losers. And it's at like around the, I think it's in the fifth round, fourth or fifth round. And I think in the pre-fight, G up, Cater had said that like, I'm the senior boxer here, Holloway's varsity, which is an American term for like college shit, yeah, varsity sure, being junior, sure. senior. I'm just helping out the punter and the dribbler. Yeah, you know? I'm saying sure. Yeah. So after Max has just beat the shit out of this guy for five rounds, he starts... He starts going like, bah, bah, pun punching him and then like going, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. And then looking at the commentators and saying it and then bang, punching him again and then looking away. And then at one point, literally not like smacks Cater in the face, not looking at him, speaking to the commentators and then dodging his fucking punches like Neo when he realizes he's the one. <laughs> and he's just like, just not even looking and he's blocking this guy's fucking arm movements. The video's on the Instagram. It's ridiculous. It is so sick. I've watched it a bunch of times and I'm probably going to watch the fight again. Like, after I know a fight's result, I'll vary. I don't... The only ones I've really ever watched are McGregor ones because they're either quick or the one against Nate Diaz, which was hectic. I've watched both the Nate Diaz fights again. Yeah. Same. Several times. Several times. I've watched the Alvarez one. Several, I've watched a lot of his fights. But it's mainly times. Connor's fights I'm watching again. Always. I will watch this one again. And if you haven't watched it, I'm pretty sure it's on KO. Shout out to KO. Shout out to him. Um, because it was a free-to-air fight. Go back and suck it up. Dude, it was so fucking hectic in terms of... They, they, they were calling it like, wow, is this already a fight of the year contender? I'm like, I mean, maybe, but like, is a fight of the year just a guy getting the shit beaten out of him and not going down? That's I not don't know, because it maxed... He like, the Cater landed some punches on Max as well, to be fair. Like, you go, oh, Max Holloway is just impossible. He's like a cyborg. Like, you can't knock him down. No. Cater did hit him with some big shots. And Max's face was relatively fucked up after the fight, but you're just like, you can't knock him down. He's also the only person now, I can't remember what this stat is, but it's like in 20 fights in UFC, to have never been dropped once. He's never been dropped. Only person. Now, never great. been dropped in 20 fights is ridiculous. That's, even Nate Diaz has been dropped once. 
Well, Nate, Nate Dares, Dares has been jumped, jumped a couple of times. times. Yeah, heaps of times. But sorry, Nate Dares never been ca- has been KO'd once. Was what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, never been dropped. Like what the fuck? Yeah, are forget KO'd. About? He's never been never dropped. Been dropped. Yeah, he Crazy. has a ridiculous chin. But that again, maybe too tough for your own good long term. Anyway, remains to be seen. But get that fight with Volkanovski on again. Give us a third. Yeah, well, so Volkanovski now fighting Brian Ortega for the title. If he beats Ortega, then it's back on. Has to be. Like, it just has to be. Has to be. And then if you if Volkanovski wins again, it's like, shut up. Shut up now. It's time to shut up. Yeah. Max, you're great. But Pay the man his dues. You gotta, you've got to start sucking off the Volk. Yeah, you've got to start getting on your knees for that Volk. Yeah, you got to. Which you should be already. The guy's defended his title. Like, definitely yeah. not, though. He he reckons he won both fights. That's yes. that's his opinion. Oh, look, I get Max not getting on his knees for him, but like the fight world. The people. Be. Yeah, the people. Anyway, we can get up off our knees now and uh, move on. What do you think about that, Edward? Sounds good. Uh, Australian Open coming up. Surprised it's actually even going ahead, Eddie, but... Had uh, to. Had Too much to. money. I, I know. Money speaks. Especially because Channel 9 bought the rights and like go cricket and they're like, oh my God. Oh my God. We can't not have this thing on. But also like, you know, what what league, what event hasn't gone ahead? Yeah, exactly. The only thing that has been cancelled was Wimbledon because apparently they had like crazy insurance that they'd been like putting money aside for. So, rainy, a rainy day fund. Right. Apparently Which, they, well, so when the tide went out for them, it was like, no, nah, we're they're not the smartest. They're those. the smartest people in the room. Apparently they kept, they kept a very close... Other side. than The Rock. Of course. They kept a very close eye on um, Global. SARS. Okay. And they were like, hmm, like, could that, could something like that happen in the future? Let They have like full on pandemic insurance. Hectic. Genius. Genius. So, as we said, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming nude. Yeah, and Not them. Nah, they're fully clothed. But so, you can see their big, big dicks still. Well, I think they just left their cock out there fly, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. As like yeah. a reminder. Yeah, I'm swimming nude, but you can still see my dick. Yeah, yeah. But no one else had it. No. And Australian Open sure as shit didn't. No. We're not that smart. No, we're not. So it's got to go ahead. And Happy for it too. Uh, a, so- lot of, a lot of players coming back on flights filled to the brim with COVID. Yeah. So they've been put into hard quarantine. They were basically four- Petri dishes. 14 days, fucking take it. Yeah. Cop it. Cop it. But people aren't happy. Well, of course not. But it was like the guy I heard this morning, the, the, what, the person. So like everyone's basically become a close contact because they're on the plane with this guy. But he tested negative in Doha or wherever before they left and then positive once he got here. Yeah. Well, that's the nature of COVID, isn't it? So it rolls, baby. You can't like, you, you're going to be, you could be negative at the start and positive fucking... 10 days later. So a negative test at the start counts for nothing. Yeah, I know, but the start of a flight, I think, was fucking... It's like you developed COVID up in the air. Oh, okay, I get you. (laughs) Anyway, Dave, you were saying before that Novak Djokovic of... You know, desperate for fans' fame, but obviously very good at... Anti-vax, anti-COVID. Anti-vax, anti-COVID, got COVID fame. Uh, he's got some a list of demands because they're now all locked down. Yep. So after there's been five positive COVID tests, three planes have come in with COVID on it. Fuck Djokovic. Up. I don't know if he has. No, he did, he did just arrive and he's just gone into quarantine, I think. So he's got some demands that he thinks would be fair yep. for the players. Fair. For all players or just for Novak? Well, I think he's trying to make it for all players, but he probably just wants it for himself. He'd yeah. be pretty dickhead if he... Well, he's asking on behalf of all the players, but he'd put himself at the top of the list. Of course. Well, I mean, everyone else seemed quite okay to just follow the laws and protocols, but he seems to think he deserves special treatment. Okay. But anyway, so his demands are fitness and training material in all rooms. 
Sure, I can, I sure. can get around yeah. that. That's fine. Um, decent food for elite athletes after players took aim at the meals on offer. Sure. Sure. Um, reduce the days in isolation for players in hard isolation. No. Why, why would we do that? Why That doesn't make sense. That's just like going, like, or you just take days off. What, like, it's 14 days for a reason. It's an incubation period. That's why it's... Why, they didn't make that up. No, it's not like just an arbitrary number, Vac. What are you talking about? Mm. So, no. No, no, not doing that. Uh, permission to visit your coach or physical no. trainer as long no. as they pass no. No, you can speak to them on the phone. Yeah, but oh, get a video link up. We'll help you with Zoom and shit. Yeah, yeah. We're like, what's the difference? Can't you? It's a fourteen-day quarantine because it's a fucking incubation period. So no, we're saying no to that one. This one's also kind of similar and doesn't really make sense. But you could, uh, you could room them all together. Does he want to room with this guy? <laughs> well, his next demand is uh, we could room him. Yeah, to grant the player and the coach to be on the same floor of the hotel. Well, that doesn't make a difference though because you can't see. Yeah, him. you're in the room. You I could be in a different hotel. One. It doesn't matter. We'll set you up video link, Novak. You That's can share a room if you want. We can knock down a wall and just have it be glass so you can see each other. Watch well, we're not going to do that. You can just share a single. Well, yeah, you're a king single. You're you're on the single, and your coach is on the trundle. Yeah, that's what, what about we'll that? Do. How about that? How's that sound, yeah? And the last one is to move as many players as possible to private houses with the tennis court to facilitate training. Oh my God, Novak! You uh, like as would... in like a mansion, like a cribs mansion where it's got a tennis court, or like hun- some like be... regional suburban fucking area. 100, what, 164 players in the men's comp, I think. What? That's 164 houses. Oh, okay, yes. Plus Wait. the women's side, so 320 fucking whatever the numbers are. And then where do you the there's, there's doubles, there's the there's wheelchair tennis there as well. Like, Mate, you look at it like house. 400 houses. Where are you getting these houses from? Hey, Peter Pan, fucking come down from your bloody candy cane cloud <laughs> and live with the rest of the world. That's not possible. You know what's funny as well? Novak, like... Of fucking organize a tournament mid fucking pandemic and everyone get COVID fame. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you know about jack shit? Yeah, hey, bro, I don't know if you're the best fucking person to be giving out tournament advice. <laughs> In you, fact, you're the last. You're the last person because you, your tournament was sh- like was a, a disaster. You gave like twenty people COVID, and Nick Curios had to chirp you. If you get when when the king has to come in and start chirping, you know you're fucked up. Now, someone did point this out. I don't know if someone sent it to us in the IG DMs or what, but. Curios not in lockdown because he's an Australian boy and he's just out freely fucking hitting balls and just getting ready to rip. Swinging. 21 bucks to win the Open. Juicy. Do I hate it? No. I don't hate it. I feel like Nick's turned the tide. I think so. I think Nick might be ready to bloody, you know, level up. Win a major. Like that. Get on it. I'd get on it. That's our bet. Get on it. Nick to win the Aussie Open. But uh, yeah, Novak, wild list of demands. And again, much like the little fat blue cone guy from cricket, I like that there are people like that in the world because it just it adds to the rich tapestry of life. Yeah. But stupid. Look, there was a dribbler that reached out into the uh, the DMs yesterday. Now, obviously, you know we support Australian sprinting on this podcast. Always have, always have, and we always will. Now, Rowan Browning of White boy Australian, it's pretty quick fame. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's run he's run the he's run a ten he's broken the ten second barrier, which is impressive, because the only man to do it legally is Patrick Johnson. He ran like nine nine six or something as an Australian. Dior, yeah, as an Australian. 
I don't no know one else Patrick is Johnson is. What do you mean? The legally? indigenous sprinter. Oh, okay. Legally, by wind, like because sometimes you can run with a tailwind, and they break ten seconds, but it's illegal. I think it's two meters a second. You're allowed. Rowan Browning ran his sub ten second with three point three meters. So a it's second. illegal. So it's illegal. Oh, right? Okay. So, like, it's impressive, but it's not that impressive. From, now, a, from a sprinting standpoint. Now, this dribbler came into our inbox Are saying- Are we going to call him out? You say his name? Fletcher. Yeah. Fletcher Schofield. Shout out, Fletch. Thanks for reaching out. Now, Fletch is passionate about his Australian sprinting. He said that- Now, this may throw a spanner in your works with a theory that a white Aussie will never win a gold medal at the Games. He's got some serious wheels. Now, I'll stop you there. Yeah. The world record in sprinting is 9.58 legally, yeah. Usain Bolt. So yeah. there's, there's a long way to go to even get close to world record. Now, I'm not saying that you run a world record to win the Olympics, but even if it's 9.8 to win, he's yeah. still a fucking long way off that. Yeah. His PB is 10.08 le- with a legal wind. You need to run a 10.05 to make the Olympics. So currently, he's not even at the games. <laughs> he's not even there. So- Let alone winning the fucking thing. <laughs> the fucking gold. So Fletch... I think maybe, you know, was quickly alerted to the fact that he is a dribbler and doesn't know what he's talking about and that a white Australian will probably never, ever, ever yeah. win a gold at the Olympics for sprinting. That's right. Look, and it's just another example of you've you got to do all. Yep. you got to do your own research. Otherwise, you get, you're left fucking chirped. I love you're, you're left high and dry. Yeah. High and Taken dry. licks yeah. on the biggest podcast in the country. Yeah, that's right. I think it's now time for us to dribble. Thanks I'd like to. Fletcher's dribble leading us into the dribbler dribble. Nice segue. Yep. Let's go, Deal. Cool. Get him up. I just wanted to show you this. Just came up on my Facebook as a memory. Oh, my <laughs> God. Wow. Is that little Dior with, uh, with Chris, Chris Gale yeah. of Don't Blush Baby fan? Yeah. <laughs> I think that was like, must have been 2012 or something. Maybe 2012? Even, no, earlier, How actually. young are you in 2012, nah, bro? It was probably like 10 or 11 there. Cute, bro. Very really cute. cute. You're probably the size of his dick there. <laughs> That'd be fair to say. One of his nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the length, well, the size of one of his nuts, length of his cock. Just cute. to, you know, yeah. keep it crass. Keep it crass, mate. That's really cute, Dior. Mm. That's so sweet, mate. Little is that Dior. you taking a selfie there? Yeah. Of course it is. And I, you probably had to take it like on the actual front camera of the phone because the phone didn't have the camera on each Fully. side back then. I've never taken a selfie with a celebrity. Never? I don't think so. I don't think so. A selfie or a photo? I've definitely taken a photo, right? Yeah, so like... Yeah. But when I was coming up, getting like... I came up in the autograph generation where it was mm. like, can you sign this for us? I used to have autographs of fucking like, you know, athletes and celebrities and shit. By the time it was the selfie, I was... Old, too old to fucking care. Neil Dave. Tom and Eddie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The North Stradbroke dribbler. Calling in from North Stradbroke. <laughs> I've just had a post-school wig out. I caught a bus about a week ago from Gundawindi to Brisbane. And on the bus, I was... I was balls deep in a Manus Labuschagne bed shit of a 90. <clears throat> so also, it's probably day two. It would be day two or something. And I was loving it. I was loving it. I was on KO, free plug, and I get a tap on the shoulder. 
I wouldn't call myself religious. If I'm going to be honest, I couldn't call myself religious. This bloke tapped me on the shoulder, bailed me up proper, and just starts talking religion. Jehovah's Witness vibes. He eventually does a prayer for me. I'm wigging balls. Have you ever any... Have, uh, have you, Tom, Eddie, do your... If you are religious, do your... I know you're slightly religious. Um... <laughs> Based on previous podcasts, I must I might be misreading the situation, but I feel like he could be based on so uh, experiences. Tom Eddie Deal, He's have you had any Jehovah's Witness moments slash door knock salesman moments that you've just hated? Cheers. Beer's probably not soon because North Stradbroke's under intense COVID lockdown, but hope beer's hopefully. Beer's hopefully, bro. Uh, no, not religious. But I certainly remember back in the day, my mum sometimes would just let the Jehovah's Witness people into the house. She'd let them in. She'd shoot the shit with them. Actually, you know what? One time I was walking home from, uh, I'd, this was back in my Lothario days. No, I was, so I was walking home from, uh, you know, a kick-ons or some shit. Um, and it was the next day walking from Paddington to Redfern. Now, anyone that lives in Sydney knows that if you're bounced out and you're walking from Paddington to Redfern on a hot day, fucking nightmare fuel. And I get back to my front door and a like Jehovah's Witness sort of Christian operator chick was there and she stopped me for a yarn. And it was one of those things where it's like, I was so close to home and I was so fucking heavily bounced that I should have just said no thanks and kept walking. But I was also like... I was in that like early twenties, you know, over opinionated fucking phase of my life, and obviously I don't take religion very seriously at all. So I just had this fucking like a a respectful debate with this woman, but I just kept asking her questions and shit, and she was like, "God is the tree that's right here, and God is." I'm like, "But what does that mean though? Like, how does that make sense?" <laughs> so you had it out with what? I had it out with her for like oh forty five minutes to an hour. Are like, you fucking serious? Uh, uh, was this like six a.m. in the morning or something? No, this was like ten. Oh shit! Not Who much won? Sleep. Well, no one won. <laughs> of course they did. No one. You know what she did because she managed to hold my attention. She didn't get anything across to me, but she had me there for you know a long, long time. That's impressive. I don't think I've had any run-ins really. No, I'm not religious. Don't have any stories to tell. Sorry. At uni, there used to be all these Bible study dudes that would come up to you and they would, and they would all be wearing the same shirts and stuff at uni. They would just walk around trying to get people or they would have their own little circles and try to get The red frog around. people at uni and shit as well. Remember them? But they weren't religious. Yeah, but they they're were. religiously affiliated. Yeah, but, really? the, yeah, but they just rock up. They don't, they don't jam. They know. Oh, but I remember like when there'd be the red frog room where it was like if you're a bit, you know, you needed a, you needed a water and a sit down for a moment. And a couple of red frogs, nicely enough. I remember them throwing around some God rhetoric and it was like, yo, this ain't the time. I've had a gut full. I and I'm barely just... like, I'm seeing double in here. <laughs> I don't need you to start spreading the word of the Lord while I'm, you know, mm. uh, compromised. Yeah. But I, I thought they just worshipped the red frogs. Well, that's certainly, were... the, the red frog is, you know, uh, it's like communion, right? It's the body of Christ. Mm. That's like the frog of Christ. Yeah. But I like... For, with a lot of religious like people, I think I remember like out my year nine. Uh, I guess he was the studies of religion teacher. Mm. Shout out to Mister French, obsessed with ultimate frisbee, which would shock no one that a religion guy loves ultimate frisbee. Um, and he 
he's a like it's not hard for like sort of some for the sort of the 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 thread to unravel a little bit if you just keep asking questions and like for the ridiculous to just present itself quite quickly right so it's like heaven okay so what's in heaven and like so we just ask him this shit and he's like everything and i'm like okay but like can we be a bit more specific here like what are you what sort of things we see and he's like you could see like tigers with wings and i'm like there it is there's the bullshit (laughs) (laughs) two questions in you said tigers with wings i'm out you're a fucking idiot respectfully but like i'm not i'm not here for this and the way he'd try and describe like the dangers of premarital sex to the class was he'd get like a picture a piece of paper with a woman drawn on it piece of paper with a man drawn on it already that's not pc anymore what about two dudes you fucking homophobes and then he'd make you glue the piece of paper together and then try and unpeel it after it's dried and then he's like that's what fucking premarital sex is you leave a piece of yourself with the other person and you can't come apart um like you can't come apart the same way that you went together and so it's like bad and then he went on to say that tigers might have wings in heaven. And it was like, you don't know fucking that, dude. That's just how glue works. Yeah, you've lost. You That's just glue. Yeah, you've just... Yeah. You've, just you've, 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 you've explained <laughs> the benefits of glue. <laughs> you've demonstrated... You've premarital sex for glue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's just glue, dude. Yeah. That's just you. That's you who go on the big lift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why we buy you who. Doing what it says on the packet, brah. Yeah. That's all that is. Yeah. You've got this whole thing confused. Don't try and tear apart glued paper. Weird analogy, bro. Weird analogy. Very weird analogy. Uh, but let's move on. Let's move on. Um, he's got another dribble. No. Nah. No. Nah. He's done his damn. He's done yeah. his he's, he's done well. Good. Let's not ruin a good thing. Yeah. So what was recorded at three AM in the morning. No. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> we got enough out of that one. Yeah. All right, moving on. Tom, Eddie, Dio Dave, Punter, Dribbler. So I was at the pub the other day, got in an argument with a fella about um about which sport's better, AFL, NRL. You know, he brings up the crowd, as they do. And then I had this thought, fucking AFL's the most beatest sport, right? So you get the ball, you kick it, you just miss. You just miss the 6.0 or whatever the fuck it is. The rest comes over to you and goes, fuck, mate, you did a good job. Well done, champ. You did your best. Good kick. And for that, I'm going to give you one point. How fucking baker is that? You get the ball, you kick it, you fucking miss. You miss the fucking post. You don't get that in any other sport. When you fucking miss, you fucking miss. You don't get one point for fucking missing. Anyway, got carried away there. Now, I wonder why fucking Melbourne's full of fucking long-haired fucking latte-sipping yuppies. They're fucking sport. Fucking is giving away participation awards. <laughs> anyway, boys, sorry if this bloody point's been brought up. I haven't heard it on the dribbles before. Anyway, fuck. Be you soon. AFL never. Love your work. Top of the heat. See you later. Bye. Now, I do believe that that might have been like a Carl Barron joke about getting a point for being close enough. Oh, I haven't heard that. I'm but not saying a, he's ripping it but off. But it's a I good point. Mean, I think Carl Barron may have made that point once. Shout out to Carl. Shout out to Carl, one of the great Australians. That's a good point, though. It's a good point. You know, rewarding mediocrity has always been It's not what we're odd. about. Yeah, it's not what we're about. Certainly not in a sporting context. You well, it's mediocrity. funny. Like, name another sport where close enough is good enough. Nothing. And, unless you're talking about a sport where you are scored, 
you know, like you know, you fall off a wave in surfing, they might get you fucking half a point or something. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's not that's not mm. that's not what's going well, on here. There's no subjectivity in AFL for no. a point scoring system. Or by like the literal definition of lawn bowls, it's like oh, you're close, and there's nothing you can't but, get more than again, close. not subjective. Yeah. You're either you are where you are. It might be something to do with why they're kicking so bad. You know, like, because it hasn't improved. Because it. it's like, well, look, I can spray this and still get rewarded. Yeah, like I don't need to be that accurate. Sort of like what they're saying with the problem with uh, cricketers getting hit in the head all the time is that now they got helmets, they don't learn how to get out of the way of it. They're like, fuck it, I got a helmet. Yeah, exactly the same thing. It's exactly, exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. But it's I mean, look, it's been a weird one. If you're an AFL nuts and you love it, and you've got an opinion on why your sport rewards mediocrity, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Because make no mistake, we're gonna be we're gonna do our best to dive a little bit more into AFL in 2021. Yeah, and, and this what, is our way of uh, this is our olive branch. This is our olive branch. Reach out and feel free to rebut that guy's dribble. <laughs> Let's move on. Hey guys, the Beatle Dribbler again. I'm um, of Christmas hamper fame. Oh yeah. Oh, summer days, summer days. Ah, uh, summer days, summer days. I love summer days, summer, summer days. Um, they all that photo what obey on that on the Facebook page looks you look fucking fucked up. Sort your kid out, mate, when you're going out. That's it. That was the whole okay, yeah, right. Jeez, okay. Actually, now that I remember, because that photo was at Watson's Bay on Tuesday night, and I met another dribbler there, Jordan. Did you put the photo up, or did someone no, no, take the photo? Of my, of no, you one of my mates up. did. Oh, right. We were sitting there, and one yeah, of my mates yeah, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I'll chuck a photo up." But I did see another lovely black cord cap among the crowd. Bruh, there. they're everywhere mm. at the moment. Yeah, they are everywhere. Mm. And actually, I think I tried to look this up, but I couldn't find it. Or maybe it was that nine number. Four million. Done, but, we sold. Um, we sold four million. Yeah. So of course you're saying it's not surprising. Right? There's almost one per person in Sydney. Yeah, if they're exactly. all in Sydney. Exactly. But they're um, not so I met a dribbler, Jordan, who said that he, uh, I think, played against Jake Chabrovich in cricket when he was younger, and now he teaches at the same school as Jake's mum. And apparently, according to him, Jake was a gun at cricket and scored a few centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've heard that as well. Mm. Jake, a weapon with the bat, um, maybe with the ball as well. I don't want to speak for Jake. Obviously, Jake knows who to knows how to get in touch with us. If you if you if you're gonna try to tell me Jake doesn't bowl leg break, then I'm not. Here. I'm. I, I I think Jake could absolutely bowl leg break, but I think he could probably bowl like six different deliveries in the same over mm. in terms of like. This one's going to turn leg. This is an off spinner. Yeah. Here's a fucking Yorker on your toes. Just complete. I mean, now I'm going to break it. Complete not a variation. Here's a fucking slower ball. You could argue the complete cricketer. I would argue that. Now, we are looking at potentially, and this is early days, maybe doing some sort of a cricket thing, like a, you know, Hello Sport Invitational. Not going to get into it, but Jake, we are extending, and look, Tommy as well, obviously, but. Hearing that Jake's a good cricketer, this might be just more Jake's alley. You might need to come and play. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Let's move on. Jake, you better fucking play. Tom and Eddie, Dior, Dave, Hunters, and the Dribblers. The Murd Dribbler calling in from uh, Austin, Texas. I oh, yeah, Murder uh, One of the uh, Texan Dribblers. 
Uh, good to have you both back on the air. Um, Never left. Really impressed with last week's podcast. And I just thought I'd catch up. But you know how the U.S. is faring um, in COVID times. You'll probably want to know that since we last spoke, uh, three of the four Texan dribblers did come down with COVID, but have fully recovered. So um, no need to worry there. Um, I did want to bring up something back um, that was said in episode 247 just before uh, the Christmas break. It did catch my ear, and I wasn't sure when to ring up since you were going on a Christmas break and my dribble would probably just be missed. But since you're back, um, I'm just going to play a quick snippet of what was said as it's kind of uh, interesting and got me thinking um, about what the roles are and capabilities of a certain pretty prestigious organisation uh, in Australia. Here it goes. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, Al, I'm a single mum and like my, whole, my taps started getting clogged and my, my sink got clogged. And, you know, I was just trying to call for him to get help and, and she said she was going to get on it right away and then no one ever came. And then that tree that's in the front yard, that fell onto my house and I had to call the SAS to get it off. And then she said she was going to... Uh, if everyone heard correctly, Tom said that the lady had the SAS come to fix the tree in the front yard. Um, I've done a little bit of digging on what the SAS actually does, and they specialise in counterterrorism, um, special recovery, long distance reconnaissance missions, and they are Animal really crimes. known as the highest skilled and most deadly uh, force, defence force in Australia. So. Um, I'm just wanting to draw the link. Did they commit the alleged, or did they allegedly commit the war crimes because they are having to take do meaningless tasks like clear trees out of Tom's front yard? <laughs> just a question for the punters and the dribblers, Tom and Eddie. Um, I'd like to finish the podcast by encouraging and a shout out to the wider rugby league wingers jam. Um, I'm still waiting to hear from Angus Crichton or one of the other manly dribblers that listen as to why this is the case. Um, Hopefully it can be answered in 2021. Um, shout out, cheese and bacon rolls soon, and I take it easy. Fantastic. Fantastic. Tom, do you want to take that? Well, it's a great question. And look, I can only go off what I'm told, right? And mm. that's at the SAS game. Now, I wasn't in the house at that stage. No, you weren't. So I can't confirm or deny but make no mistake, the SAS came to my apartment. And assessed the damage. And assessed the damage. Now, is there another body that maybe sounds similar to the SAS that someone could be getting confused with? They wear orange. I don't know. Is there what is what else is there other than SAS if a tree falls on a house? What is it like, you know, when there's floods and there's crazy shit going on? Is it the SAS? Well, I mean, it's not jumping out immediately. It's not the jumping SAS out. sounds it's right. S- it's the SES. SES. That's what it is. There you go. Maybe I that's sure it. You guys just didn't know. Well, maybe yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Although there's there's something to be said at the fact that the complete dis- dismay of poor upkeep at that apartment could be considered a war crime. It could be. It could be something where it's like we need to bring in the big. Look, dogs obviously here. we know the SES helps out in floods and you know and, 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 and disasters and trees. Like, like we knew that. But this, if you've been if you've been around to the the Birmingham residents, hmm. well, it's not his, but you know he lives there. He lives there. Yeah, it is in such a state that I think it's the right call getting the SAS around. and I don't think the SES is up to no, it. No, SES is not up to it. Now, you might think that, what, at the 18th of January 2021, 
we got confirmed to move in uh, maybe the start of December. They agreed to all these terms in the lease. You'd think by the 20th, 18th of, of, of January that they would have done the things that they mm. committed to, wouldn't you? You would have thought so. You would have thought that they would have. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. They have done nothing. But I like where I live, so what do I do? You just keep politely. That's what I think I do today. I'm just like, hey, guys. So 20 days into the new year. Um, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Be better. Be better. Let's move on. That Otherwise, I will get fucking angry. I just thought about how long it's been and I'm pissed off. But great dribble there from the Mo dribbler. Dribble. Loved it. Shout out to all the COVID uh, sufferers in his crew over in Texas. Glad to hear you've recovered. Glad to hear it. Pump for you. SES, not SAS. Tom, Eddie, Hunters. And the dribblers. Just want a uh, brief comment here. Re- uh, really, is that the message you left for the message tone is probably more than ninety seconds. So you're a bit, you're a bit um, uh, hypocritical there. Anyways, so I was in Belmore Beach today, and I was walking past. It was probably about two o'clock. Had a beer, beers in my hand, and a, and a bag of ice, and I walked past a, a bloke wearing punters and dribblers uh, black corduroy cap. Anyway, as I walk past him, walking nice and slowly, give him eye contact, whatever, and I say, dribbler, and he doesn't acknowledge me. So I felt quite offended by that and kept walking on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the reason for my call is to just really establish some sort of convention around acknowledging dribblers in public. So what do you think? If you if you got a drip, punters and dribblers, black corner cap going on, how should we go about... Uh, how should we go about acknowledging um, the fact that you are a real dribbler? Um, anyways, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, uh, this is uh, seven seven personal best uh, beat beat tests going on here, and um, I look to improve myself in 2021. But uh, you know the, the 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 source is real, and that, that's about it. So be soon. Love to hear your thoughts. Bye bye now. Great question. Great question. Because firstly, he should have been acknowledged by that fellow dribbler. Mm. That was a mistake. And maybe that guy, having heard this, is going, fuck, I didn't know he was saying When dribbler. he said Balmoral, I was like, I wonder if it was me. <laughs> well, if he didn't know it was you, then that would be weird. That would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I haven't been weird. down to Balmoral for a little while. I'm sure that it wasn't But you. when he said that at first, I you was like, like oh, was ooh, that me? Was that me? Now... But it wasn't, because I always you, know you, it. Well, I try like, to. You try to. If someone says dribbler, you're probably going to, right? But I do think that there is probably, uh, it's important to have some sort of uniform greeting. It doesn't have to be verbal. It can just be like a no, a knowing you know, glance. I, I, I think there needs a to be- A tip of the cap. I think there needs to be acknowledgement. Yeah. That's what I think. Now, it needs to be done one way or another. Yeah. If it's a wink, if it's a nod. Winking could give the wrong impression. Like- it could be about like oh, yeah, I seen a glory hole back there. So okay. Well, what about this? You touch your hat. You touch just like your head. You, you just tip, you the put, cap, tip the cap. Wink. You know what I mean. If you put, if you touch the cap and wink, then I think you're good. Yeah. So if you don't have one on, but you see one, I think you can feign a tap kip, a, tap a, a hat. hat yeah. Tip. So you just yeah, you grab you the brim, you grab the brim of your imaginary hat, hat and, and wink and wink. <laughs> that ought to do it. I think that's it. Just a a yarn. Uh, I like that. If you see a dribbler in the wild, it's... Yeah, because then you're not yelling at someone. No, exactly. You don't want to yell. And if you're looking at the, the video footage, Eddie, let's just look at the cap and... I mean, look at the camera and... 
There you go. That's how yeah, you do it. That's how you do it. Little tug on the cap. Look, if you've had a couple of beers and you want to bellow out a dribbler, I think that's part. Oh, by all means, but just in if you want to be subtle, subtle in the wild. Look, if you're on the way to a work meeting and you see a bloke, you know, in his suit with his punter and dribbler hat on, and you're looking want to be a million subtle, dollars, you want to be, subtle, be subtle. That's how I do it. Yeah. Wink and a tug of your own cap, not the not their cap. Don't no. go tug another man's cap no, no, or never, woman's cap. You'd never do that. No, no, sacrilegious, sacrilegious. Um, that's how it's done. That's how it's how done. we cleared it up. It's the official greeting in the wild. G'day, the punters. And dribblers. It's the uh, Gosling dribbler here. Um, look, I'm sitting here at uh, 4.04 a.m. Uh, and I'm watching the Invisibles. The Invisibles, the 1948 Invisibles, captain by the 100 dogs. Invincibles. And I want to have a bit of trouble about the Indian fucking story Invisibles. The old complaints. The old, oh, we can't handle fucking being in a five-star hotel, right? So, the Invisibles, right? They went on a fucking chug-chug boat, the big old G-up boat, for fucking months without seeing their family, without seeing their friends. And the Don, the great Don, the GOAT, actually made his players, the team, the Australian team, eat on fucking rations. So, compare that to Indians right now. And they don't need to like, do it right now. They're probably getting a rubber tub, fucking a nice massage, fucking, you know, keeping all the fucking, uh, you know, back spasms, the old leg cramps. Like, the increase in mere taste of the 1948 Invisibles. The old fashioned up the guts and all. Honestly, harden up, grow up, India, play some cricket, let's have some fun, Australia to win, beat at the Gabba, let's go. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Basically just telling everyone to harden up yeah. because the Invisibles... The Invisibles went I on boats. I think you meant the Invincibles went on boats and, you know, got scurvy. For six months. I can't believe it was a six-month trip on a boat. Like, what sort of fucking boat was that? A sail Was it six months? Look that up. That seems too long. Maybe it was three. Still, though. It was months. Months. It's like, pretty hectic. It's a long way to go. It's a long way it's to go. It's a long go. way to go, but like, what's the like engine, the horsepower of the engine's obviously not very good, but like the Titanic didn't even take that long. Obviously, Titanic was humongous, but like, and it sank and it didn't make it, but like. Titanic, <laughs> it was supposed to be like five days. Right. Not, you know what I mean? C- yeah. Crossing the Atlantic. Yeah. It's obviously a lot further to go. And it's a bigger, it's a bigger boy. But f- six months seems ridiculous. Slow, aren't you today, Dave? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> My coffee's wearing off and I'm falling back asleep. Back to bed when you get back home? Back to bed? Um, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. That's the life. Fuck, that's the life. That's the life. Um, I don't know. I can't see where it says the time. Invincible's tour to England, time on a boat. If Eddie can find it on his phone before you, you've got to fucking buy us all something. Blokes. Blokes. Come on, Dave. It's not on the Wikipedia. How long does it take? Did it take? I've Googled. How long did it take to get to a boat? Get to, get to England, England on a boat, 1930. Oh, well, now we're just talking more generally. Well, that's how you'd fucking work it out, wouldn't you? <laughs> Six-week boat trip to England, it says here. Six week. Six week. On the not R- six months. On not the six RMS months. Straight third. Land- oh, wow. They landed 
on Friday, April 16th, which was my birthday in that year of 1930. There you go. So six weeks, not six months. Six weeks, not six months. That's way... And that's the importance of Dioring right there. You hear hear me say six months. But also, also off the back of that, some really nice bonding. You know, you get to know your team. Mm -hmm. You could argue, trip's too short now. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the benefit of the COVID bubble now is that you get to spend a bit more close quality time with your team. It's worked for India. It has. It's worked for India. Now, ask again that we respectfully go to Kookaburra and encourage them to sponsor us in the form of cricket gear. Great idea. We need to be sponsored. Um, Other than that, Eddie, I think it is... Well, I'd just like to, before we go, give a shout out to my brother Jake, whose birthday it is today and probably when this comes out America time. So happy birthday, Jake. Happy birthday, He's Jake He's the one Bloom. that got me into this podcast. So punters and dribblers. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, well, shout out to Jake. Shout out to Jake. So Love that. People can either thank him for including me or people can hate him because I wouldn't be here Well, it, look, it's up to you as well. Yeah, it is. We provide you with the freedom to make your own choices on yes. this podcast. Yep. But we prefer to say thank you, Jake. We'll say thank you. We'll That's say our choice. You. That's our choice. If you would like to personally go and attack Jake in the comment section... Then you know we have no control over that, but we're saying thanks, Jake, and happy birthday. That's How old is Jake? Uh, twenty-five. Fuck you, great age, family, twenty-five, great age, over in the US, ripping and a tearing. Has he had COVID yet? He hasn't had COVID actually. So, well, so he is ripping and a tearing. Ripping well and a tearing. Very well. Uh, single or with a miss? No, living with his missus at the moment. Okay. Zoe, shout out to her as well. Shout, shout out to Zoe. Zoe. Shout out to Jake. Shout out to COVID. Shout out to Dave. Shout, shout out to, to America. the America. And Kookaburra, please reach out. Bubba. Could you two just not talk anymore?